Welcome to another episode of Just Cuz, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cuz. And today we are talking about something that is very dear to Max and I, the Cornetto Trilogy. Now, if you weren't super excited by me just saying that, you probably don't know what that is, which is fair. It's a little obscure. I've talked to some people about it, and immediately when I say the Cornetto Trilogy... They either go the ice cream or they go, what's that? Yeah, I've had people, most people are like, what's a Cornetto and what? <laughs> um, but, yep. the, but the people who do get it, they're like, oh, sick, I love the Cornetto trilogy. And what the Cornetto trilogy is, is pretty much three movies made by Edgar Wright that are pretty much spiritual sequels. They have nothing to do with each other other than sharing actors. They they all share Simon Pegg, who I believe wrote all of them with Edgar Wright. And yeah, or at least some of them. Yeah. He definitely wrote the first and the last one. I don't remember the middle mm. one. But um and so Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and weirdly enough, Martin Friedman is in all of them. <laughs> Martin Freeman is, is he in, in all, all of them? three. Oh, he is in all I of them. I wrote down yes. a note. I wrote down a note <laughs> when I was watching the second one. I was like, is Martin Freeman in all of these? And I know for sure that he was in the last one. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> also, I was just asking myself if he was in the first one. And I was like, yep, he's in the other group. Yeah. Also, Bill Nye is in all of them, too. Because Perfect. I'm pretty sure. Well, okay. So I wasn't sure about the last one. I didn't actually have time to look it up. But I'm pretty sure he did the voice at the end of World's yeah, he's, End. Yeah, he's the, like, the knowledge. So, yeah, they're all in all of them. Yeah, before we get into all three of these masterpieces, mm -hmm. I should say, and usually we don't have spoiler warnings, you can't spoil the first one, but the second two have big twists in them. They do. And if you, if you enjoy watching movies with incredibly layered storytelling that also happened to be hilarious watch them yeah and then come back to this podcast exactly and if you haven't seen these movies for whatever reason what are you doing like they're they're some of the best comedic um films that i've ever seen honestly they're just they're so much fun every time i watch them i have a great time and yeah go watch them <laughs> yeah so should we just review them in order? Yes. We probably should say what they are because we just told people to go watch watch them. So let's <laughs> yes. actually say the title of the movies and then we can start. <laughs> so <laughs> the three movies that we are going to be talking about today that make up the Cornetto trilogy are Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. And should I get into this now before we review them? Which, Sasha, what? what's your favorite? What's my favorite? That's not a fair question. I love them all. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put a gun to your head. You have to say which Shaun one. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Because you, that... Again, these all are masterpieces. Shaun of the Dead is my least favorite. Really? That's so yeah. interesting. Well, on this rewatch, you know, Shaun of the Dead was the one that I was least... Uh, excited by but not because it's mm -hmm. not my favorite because i've seen it so much i've seen it way more than i've seen the other two and i mean i've seen hot fuzz a million times but yeah, i've seen hot fuzz the most easily hot fuzz is i was i was almost gonna say it's really between Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz but i just love the way that Shaun of the dead is set up in the first half and how it pays off and i am a sucker yep. for set up and pay off if it's like done so cleverly and this is and i just really love that i mean hot fuzz has that setup as well but it's less obvious we'll get into all of it but i'll say my favorite is the world's end <gasps> and i have a hard time picking between hot fuzz and the world's yeah. end like it's the same I, thing for me i absolutely those are, two are so good yeah no i absolutely adore world's end i just Something about the end of the movie, and we'll talk about it, but the, something about the end of it just prohibits it from being my favorite. Because mm. I think it could and have gone in a different direction. Very much so. Yeah. There is one specific reason that it's my favorite, and we'll get into it. But before then, let's talk about Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the because Dead. Because every single one of these movies is a complex Rube Goldberg they machine. They are. Each of them honestly deserves this one their most of own all. video. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the reason that these are called the Cornetto trilogy <laughs> is because <laughs> um, there's a little Easter egg in each of the movies where Simon Pegg and Nick Frost get Cornettos, or one of them, or both of them, get a Cornetto. And what a Cornetto is, it's, uh, if you don't know, if you're in America, I think that's the only way you wouldn't know. Um, if it's uh, little pre-packaged ice cream cones, and they come in strawberry, yeah. strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. And they're just, you know, the classic, like, we have, what are they called? Helados? Drumsticks? Oh, we have drumsticks too, but drumsticks have the nuts on them. What are the plain ones? I have I no think idea. Because I've never had a Cornetto. Well, I yeah. I would love to, but... I had one. Just never it had was, one. It was... I mean, it was an ice cream. It was... <laughs> Did it live up to the hype? No, it's the same <laughs> as the ones here, but... <laughs> Shaun of the Dead, I feel like, has the most callbacks and the most foreshadowing and just repetitious jokes. It does. And I feel like... I remember hearing about this in an interview, but Edgar Wright put a lot of that stuff in because he didn't want anything to be cut from the movie. That's so clever. It's like, you need this. It's all set up. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it is now a staple of Edgar Wright. Yeah. To have just these callbacks and you hear something and then you hear it again and it's 10% and it, funny. And it's funnier and, and it, it means again, something else. Funnier. Yeah, and it means something else. Like the classic bit in yes. this one is like, oh, you've got red on you. Oh, in the first, <laughs> the first time you hear it is because Sean's ink pen exploded and there's red ink on his shirt. And later it's because it's covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> Just so many times he gets red on him um, and then someone calls it out yeah. saying, you've got red on you. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. This one is the strawberry one, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I, for my notes for this movie, I did write notes, which I almost never do, but I wrote down <laughs> notes. Um, and for, instead of titling them the titles of the three movies, I titled them strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so right now my my page says heading strawberry. I think it's strawberry blue and then mint. Mint, what is the three it? flavors? Wait, blue. Yeah. What's a blue flavor? I thought it was just vanilla in a I blue wrapper. Blue is just artificial blue, which honestly is a great flavor. Artificial blue? I thought it was vanilla. <laughs> I guess I'm stupid. Oh well. I could be wrong. I have no clue. But I, I, I labeled them strawberry vanilla chocolate. If I'm wrong, please tell me someone. <laughs> but yeah, Shaun of the Dead is strawberry because of obvious reasons. Obviously. There's lots and lots of blood. Yeah. I mean, there's but, lots of blood in all of them, but actually, no, yes. there's not lots of blood in the world's end. But there's a lot of fake blood. <laughs> there's in the a world's lot of end. blue goo. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Okay. <laughs> Sean and his uh, relationship with his parents is just the real focus of the movie. Like, there's a lot going on in this movie, but every emotional beat, other than some rare things with the girlfriend, it all comes from his stepdad and his mom. And I love everything about that in this movie. Mm -hmm. No, it's very well done. And it's very, like... It's not in your face about it, but it is very obvious. It's not like subtle, which is, I mean, mm. it is like, it's its done very well. And I think, you know, honestly, these three movies, they have almost nothing in common, but they all have very similar thematic elements at different yes. parts. And one of the main ones that I was able to see was um, the monotony of everyday life. And the monotony of quote unquote growing up. And that is really focused on in Shaun of the Dead. And it's like, oh, the monotony of Shaun's life is something that he longs to escape. And that's why he spends so much time with Ed in the pub at the Winchester. And, um, but that turns into a bit of monotony of itself for Liz. And Liz hates that, um, just stagnation yeah stagnant place that she's gotten herself into that she doesn't like and it's mm. it's really interesting um how they go about changing that because the whole movie is well we're gonna go back we're gonna do exactly <laughs> what we usually do except this time it's different it's completely different because we're running from zombies i mean side note would 
Liz and her friends have been safer in her apartment? I don't know. Because, <laughs> because, see, my first thought would be, no, exactly what Sean said, the zombies are going to climb up there and kill them, mm. they're sitting All it ducks. takes is one. All it takes is one. But then again, there was, at the end, it's revealed there's a ton of people who survived, and the, the zombies are now used for reality television. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if they would have been safer or not. Because <laughs> um, every time I rewatch this movie, I think more of Sean. Like, it's the obvious themes, but it's Sean dragging Liz down into yeah. his plans or whatever he has yeah. well, it's, cooped up. It is. And it's it's kind of the idea of um, taking... Ugh, I don't I don't even want to say it because I don't think it's the right reading of it. But <laughs> it's like No, just say it. Liz's um idea for what she wants with what their faces. I don't remember their names. Um the friend mm. who's in love with her and the friend who's a girl. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> It's British Pam. Yeah, British Pam. <laughs> um but no, so the idea for her life that she wants with them is uh torn apart it's torn away from her and she is sucked into sean's life and not that sean even gets to keep his life after the events of the movie because all of his friends are dead but he's i mean all of his family is dead but he still gets to keep ed which is you know it's a bit it's a bit sad i mean it's very sad obviously because everybody dies but if you are just looking at the theming of of growing up okay well liz has to grow up and let go of the ideas for life that she wanted and settle into monotony with sean but sean doesn't have to because mm -mm. he gets exactly what he wanted <laughs> thematically the ending is very strange mm -hmm. with ed still being alive but also he's a zombie but he's the same exact person that he was right. i i like the humor in that in what i just said but again it's exactly what you mentioned i'm just echoing it where whatever simon Pegg's character's name that sean. he gets to sean sean <laughs> I, that's the one that i can't you believe can't i forgot forget. that <laughs> i have no idea what his character is in hot fuzz in the world's end but how could i forget sean um Goodness. But, yeah but sean gets to have his happy ending where he gets to stay with ed and he gets to game and veg out yeah. well honestly the thing that links the three of these movies as well as the you know monotony of growing up and everyday life other than that it's the honestly love story between um simon Pegg and nick frost's characters yep. in all of these because they're all love stories and I, I would go so far as saying the one in hot fuzz is actually a romantic one but i i would i was about to say hot fuzz is the most prominent yeah that one's story. that one's the romantic one but the rest of them are also love stories like this one is um uh, I would say that Shaun of the Dead and The World's End are both romanticizing of childhood and the love of themselves mm -hmm. as childhood friends, but from opposite ends. Shaun of the Dead would be Ed romanticizing childhood and uh, or Nick Frost's character romanticizing childhood, and The World's End would be Simon Pegg's character romanticizing childhood. That's I feel like yes. it's from opposite ends, which is very interesting. Which is why The World's End is a great third movie. <laughs> but we're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves. Um, I think, yeah, one of the notes I wrote was just uh, the idea of the monotony of life being an allegory. Uh, or the zombies being an allegory for the monotony of life. Like, especially mm -hmm. in the first two, you know, in the first sequence where Sean gets up and you see his the first day of his life and his daily mm -hmm. routine. And... When people are turned into zombies, not much has changed. Everything is the yeah. same. Everyone is all sluggish and just going through the motions. And so is Sean. Um, and that's not a new idea, especially for zombie stuff. Right. But the execution in this, I'm mainly thinking of the one take before the zombie apocalypse starts 
where Sean just walks to the grocery store and walks That's back. exactly what I was talking and, about. Yeah, the one where he walks to the grocery store and you see all the people in the background and mm-hmm. he walks in, he, he picks up the, the Coke and puts it down and grabs the Diet Coke <laughs> and goes there. And it's exactly the same the day that the zombies take over. Except, mm-hmm. and Sean and you doesn't- you gotta pay attention. You have to pay attention and Sean doesn't <laughs> notice anything is different because everyone's acting the same. There's just blood everywhere that he hasn't noticed yet. <laughs> But I love those two shots so much because if there is a person that walks by the camera in the first, you know, long take, that means that there will be a zombie at some point relative to that yeah. in the next one take. Mm-hmm. And it was it was masterful. It's all it's like, that's all probably good. the best case yeah. in Sean. I'm always thinking about um so the friend that Sean has, I forget her name. But the one who has the mirror journey as him, the alternate timeline. I yes. always wonder what's going on in that alternate movie. And I'm sure it's a lot of the same. But at the end, we don't see her and her boyfriend, Martin Freeman. We just see her. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, what happened? I have to he, know. He died. <laughs> so Edgar Wright fully planned on making that a short film. Just that exact idea. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. he just never got around to it. Damn, Damn shame. Um, but there is probably a story mm-hmm. out there. I'd love to see like a, a comic or something. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember any of their names. So I feel like no. it would probably just be a lot like what happened in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same crew. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I love just the attitude in this movie. Not the, ad- like, um. Uh, what's it called? The tone. I love the tone of the Mm -hmm. dialogue in this movie. I love how everyone is so just, yeah, zombies are taking over and our (laughs) whole world has changed but in an instant. But, you know, I don't want to go to the Winchester (laughs) or or it's like, oh, and they're just like, they're so British in the way that they're talking about, like killing themselves at the end, Sean and Liz. And they're just like, oh no, I can, I can do that. I like, I'm a terrible, I would be a terrible shot. I'm bad at that. You should do it. I'd, I'd just muck it up. <laughs> yeah, I just muck it up. It's, it's so good. It's so funny. Um, and it's so dark and depressing, yeah. but it's with this sheen of comedy. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the entire movie because there is a lot of blood and gore. Yeah. I mean, not too much for like a torture porn or to that level, but it's it's definitely yeah. there. I mean, Edgar Wright movies are all, they're action comedies. They all have um, lots of violence and stuff. And honestly, it, he uses it to his strength. You know, I would say... Him and James Gunn are really good examples of using that kind of violence for something and just instead of just Mm -hmm. having senseless violence, like for story. And I've always every every time that something gets even minorly violent, it is there for a specific reason. Yeah. Is there too much else? Yeah. Hold on. Just one. Okay. Okay. One more thing. It's the thing that ties together all of the movies except uh, other than the um cornettos and the actors uh it's mm, the classic in the, in the romance it's the classic fence bit <laughs> yeah oh my god i forgot about that it's a classic how fence could i bit. forget it's so good <laughs> never taken a shortcut uh, yeah, before yeah, what's the matter what, what, what's his fucking name jim james i don't know he's like what's the matter I haven't taken a shortcut before jumps over the fence it falls down it's so funny <laughs> And it happens in every single one. (laughs) And it gets progressively better. Yeah. (laughs) I have one last note for Shaun of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything? I have a few things, but you go first. Okay, so I just wrote down the whole quote because it's so good. What should we do tomorrow? Keep drinking. Bloody Mary first thing. A bite at the king's head. A couple at the little princess. Stagger back here and bang. Back at the bar for shots. Yep. Perfect line. It's a, it's so good. It tells you exactly if for those of you who don't um, know the entire <laughs> script of Shaun of the Dead like we do, <laughs> um, that is a line that Ed says at the beginning of the movie, um, at the very beginning of the movie, and it tells you exactly what is going to happen throughout the entire movie. It tells you the whole plot, 
everything that's going to happen is spoiled in that one line. And it's not a spoiler mm. because you don't even realize that it's happening. And when you rewatch yeah. it, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. But yeah, every single movie does this in some sort of way, but Shaun of the Dead does it the best. Yeah. Because it's it's so on the nose, but it's perfect. It's great. Um, few other lines that I wrote down um, when someone calls Ed Sean's boyfriend. He says, he's not my boyfriend. And then he, uh, Ed hands him a beer and he's like, thanks, babe. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> loved it. it. I had to pause it because I was laughing so much. Um, another one at the end when Ed is sacrificing himself, he's he says, I'll only hold you back. And it's so it's done so powerfully because he's not saying he's not only talking about physically because Ed has been shot at this point um and mm. he's not just gonna hold him back physically he's talking about sean's development he's gonna he's holding him back emotionally so go on without me i'm just gonna hold you back which is mm. so good of a line which is why it's so puzzling why ed is still there as a zombie at the end <laughs> i feel like it was a late decision to have that yeah but again, the whole realization from Ed that he is just a burnout and like him sort of being okay with that. And you could see on his face, he's processing that from like the midpoint of the movie on. Yeah. And like a lot of the moments where he's being a dick or just ignoring others is him just like crying out for help in his own mm -hmm. dumb way. Yeah. I mean, I think something that makes the, this film stand apart is that like not just the main characters have fully realized character arcs all of them do mm -hmm. even the ones who who die suddenly or get um you know who, who don't end up in a place that you would like to end up or you would like them to end up they still have fully fully realized arcs and um that's true of sam uh, sam sean with his stepdad <laughs> and sean with his mom by the way the bit with his mom i'm sorry i'm not someone who's ever seen the walking dead but i've i remember everybody talking about this one part in the walking dead where somebody got bit and they had to kill them and it was so tragic and awful and i was like this is so much sadder than I could ever imagine <laughs> Walking Dead being. Killing your mom. This and uh, uh, The Last of Us, the show. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> My gosh. God damn The episode the with, um, oh, what was it? The little kid, what was his Nick name? Offerman. Sam? No, not Nick Offerman. I was thinking oh. of, of the little kid, Sam. Sam and Henry? Oh. I don't remember yeah. which one was which, but <clears throat> that one. Oh my God, kills me. Um, yeah, on that depressing. You're gonna note. get me talking about the Last of Us. No, too no, much. no. We have to wait. We have to do that at a <laughs> <Yeah>. different time. <laughs> yes. Um. But let's move on to the second movie in the Cornetto trilogy, <laughs> Hot Fuzz. See, now that we're talking about it, Hot Fuzz is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. Honestly, I, I I waffle. I waffle back and forth. I can't decide. <laughs> Hot Fuzz is so goddamn good, it's so and good. this one has the most foreshadowing in it but it's the most subtle yeah because it's a murder mystery yeah this one is i mean the world's end is a bit of a mystery but pretty quickly you catch on to what's happening this is the only <laughs> one where you're like i genuinely don't know what's happening until the twist at the end they wait until the third act oh yeah to reveal that's the third act. whereas the world's end is like midpoint yeah or even probably sooner than that yeah basically for those of you who haven't seen World's End and, I mean, not World's End, who haven't seen Hot Fuzz and don't want to, uh, don't mind being spoiled, you're wrong. But um, mm. Hot Fuzz is about Sean, and not Sean, why do I keep <laughs> saying that? Simon Pegg, police officer man. He goes to... Uh, and he's definitely not Sean. He's definitely not Sean. They he's the opposite him. of Sean. He is... Ugh, it's... I. At first, I was like, okay, this this is great because we're doing the opposite of the characters, but that's not true because Danny is a lot like Ed, Nick Frost's character mm. in this one. Danny is a lot like Ed from the previous movie, but he is he's more put together than Ed. He is more like a goofy version of Sean 
than Ed. But mm-hmm. this um this guy who Simon Pegg plays, I forget his name, but uh, this officer, yeah, I have no idea what his name he is, is uh, like the complete opposite of all of those types of characters. He is tight ass. Mm. He is by the books. <laughs> He's a robot. He's super ambitious. He is like, I am, I have no personality but the law. <laughs> and yeah, his character arc in the whole movie is not working so yeah, much, it's a... which is the exact opposite of both <laughs> other movies right the right trilogy. it is it is to escape the monotony of growing up from the opposite end it is you've already mm. you're already in this monotony your girlfriend has left you you've been transferred to this small town this monotonous small town where everyone wants <laughs> everything to stay the same and never change and you need to learn to change which is mm-hmm. it's it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Every movie is so layered, and the more I think about it, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. But the hot fuzz, oh my oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And I also have one thing that I love about Hot Fuzz is it has the most horror in it, even though it's the it has no supernatural right. things in it at all. Yeah. It is Which I even thought the first time watching it, maybe there was gonna be a supernatural yeah, I twist. I thought they were gonna, but I'm glad yeah. they didn't. I thought when I saw them in the hoods at the end, I was like, "Oh, are we doing some devil shit?" But no, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so funny and so good, and also so horrifying. Like when you at the end, when Sean like falls into the catacombs and the like the caverns under the town mm. and finds all of these bodies of innocent dead people and children that are that these people have killed and you're just like oh my god what the hell how can they possibly justify all this they play that audio and it's like distorted it's like crusty juggling yeah and it's just like repeating the things that, that they've said it's it's sickening it's so good <laughs> but i mean now that we're talking about the twist i really do want to talk about the reasoning and when it's revealed that like um well hold on whatever nick frost character yeah okay hold on first first off i just want to say this okay i don't know his name in real life but i call him alexi volkov because the first thing i ever saw him in was chuck (laughs) when i was a kid and he's the the supermarket guy right and so bond yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i call him alexi volkov (laughs) <laughs> but whatever. His name is Timothy Dalton. I know that's it, it, Timothy Dalton. But I know him as Bond. I know him as I know him as Bond. But I know him. But the it's because when I was a kid, I watched him. I watched Psych so much, but I also watched Doctor <laughs> Who so much. So I was like, is he Alexei Volkov or is he that Time Lord guy who has a name I forget? <laughs> but since I forget his name, then he's Alexei Volkov. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> tangent over. Um, the whole. <laughs> movie is so clearly set up as a murder mystery with everything pointing to him as the murderer and you completely Mm. you're like oh this isn't you know some this wasn't billed to me as a murder mystery it was billed to me as an action movie so i'm gonna assume that the guy that all the evidence is pointing at is totally the one who did it so (laughs) it's it's like if if you're that kind of person who's like oh everything is telling me that it's this person so it's this person then that's what you're like you go in thinking for the whole time for the whole movie until the very end where it's revealed that why don't you tell it's not just timothy dalton it's everyone the entire neighborhood council every single old person that that you've met in the movie at all it's it's it is only the old people which is hilarious um but it's every single one that we've met in the whole movie and remember this is this takes place in a sleepy village in uh, england where there's tons of old people (laughs) and it's revealed that every single one of them has all been murdering people just ruthlessly in horribly for graphic no reason murders. at all yeah and no reason at all it was like oh i didn't like his hedge clippings oh she was moving away <laughs> that we nobody else can have her horticultural skills <laughs> what <laughs> 
and the the whole reasoning of um the police constable i, I think he's the constable i have no idea but frank his no, he wife was the captain. died he was the captain oh the captain uh-huh. but his wife died because they didn't win some competition yeah yeah best village they didn't win best village of the year that one year so now so they're willing to kill dozens of people to get the best village they award. kill everyone who who doesn't uh align with their idea of the best village and the thing okay so they killed they killed everyone who ever came to that town they killed travelers yep. uh, who came to the town like um they killed what was it circus performers or something who came into the town mm-hmm. um they killed people from the town like <laughs> like there's a they killed there's like, like a group right? of teenage boys yeah <laughs> who they murdered and whose bodies are sitting in a cavern underground and i'm sitting here like where are the parents of these teenage boys and why aren't they worried that they haven't seen their children in weeks or maybe they're dead too maybe i don't <laughs> but like you would we would know this because we're following simon Pegg, who is the the police guy i don't know what he is he's yeah he's, he's police. the policeman he's a police <laughs> and <laughs> he like he is tracking every single death that happens and he's like these are murders and everyone's like no they're just accidents they're just gruesome gruesome accidents and he's and like no they're definitely it, murders so if there were other people like missing or other bodies that they found we would know i feel like he would point out this people are missing these people are missing all these people in this town are missing this isn't a very big town where are these people or even just the layeredness of what you just said where i'm sure people go missing all the time in that town but it's always labeled as an accident so yeah. the policemen are always like oh it's just an accident sure the it policemen are but simon Pegg isn't and the parents <laughs> of these children shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah the entire reveal is so stupid and hilarious but it feels real the moment frank the police head guy comes, comes out in and you're you're and just they... like shook you because he has been on your yeah. side the whole mo- on our side the whole movie and then we find out that he is part of it and it's just crazy and it, it, the line for me that nailed it was when simon Pegg was kind of like what this is all for best village <laughs> and then frank was just like we are the best we village. are the best village it's like it's <laughs> so creepy and it's like they they firmly have no remorse and like actually believe in what they are doing, which makes it even scarier. And they're all doing it for for what, Max? What's the reason they're do- all doing it for? The greater good. The greater good. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it twice. You have to repeat it. <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> Honestly, this movie is easily the funniest out of oh, the three. Total. At least for me. No, it's absolutely the funniest. I mean... Shaun of the Dead is funny because of its repetition and the things mm. like like the situations that they're in. But this movie is like has the most like fun- funniest lines, the best jokes. It is. It's so good. <laughs> things that come to mind for just comedy gold are the shot of the two Andes coming in and out of camera. Like they weave <laughs> yeah, in like a Andes, snake. <laughs> they're so good. Oh, my gosh. Um Another thing is Filch needing a translator, and then the translator needing, needing a translator. A translator. Yeah, no, it's so <laughs> funny. He's Filch, and then he's also that guy from Game of Thrones who Arya turns into a pie, right? No, he turned. She turns yes. his children into a pie. Whatever. Um, and then slits his throat. Yeah, sick. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this is this is the um, these are the last four notes that I have written down. I'm gonna read them out. First one says okay. classic fence bit again. <laughs> With a bunch of exclamation points. The second one says, low-key romantic question mark. And then I put, it's literally a breakup scene. And then the next one I put, not low-key, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, very high-key. <laughs> very high-key romantic. Um, <laughs> I expect them in the epilogue at the end where they're putting flowers on Danny's mom's grave. I expect that they're living together. And that mm-hmm. that Danny has just 
gone out early for his shift. And that is just what I believe in my heart of hearts. And you can't, you can't convince me otherwise. They should have just end the ended the movie with one of them kissing the other on the cheek or something like that. They didn't even need that. It was so clearly <laughs> romantic. Like it didn't need any of that. They like he goes and gets him a Japanese water lily for God's sakes. That <laughs> is that is the most romantic thing in the world. <laughs> He didn't even get his girlfriend, oh. his old girlfriend, a Japanese water lily. <laughs> his old girlfriend, which also happened to be Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Like what? And I wrote down, oh my god, the breakup scene is so funny. <laughs> because so so her <laughs> character, perfect. she's in it for literally three, two minutes of screen time. But <laughs> she is a um, a forensic investigator person, right? And so she is like... Or, like, a, a lab tech. I don't know. She's there at a crime scene. She's dressed in, like, one of those, like, hoodie things and a mask. So all you can see <laughs> is her eyes. And then he starts, mm-hmm. um, he starts, Simon Pegg starts talking to her and being like, oh, I'm moving away. And then the, the, the person he's talking to is like, I'm not her, man. She's over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Janine. Yeah, and then, and then in the background, like, there are these people that pipe up <laughs> And then one of them is Bob. And then Simon Pegg's like, are you having an affair with Bob? And then, because Bob is dressed exactly the same as she is. And then she's like, no, are you crazy? Is Bob the kind of person you, does Bob look like the kind of guy you think I'd have an affair with? No, I'm having an affair with whatever his name is, Joe. And then he turns and he's right next to Bob and he looks exactly the same because they're all wearing the same thing. It's so funny. He's like, hello. On the topic of just actors showing up in this movie for like one second, oh, yeah. do you know who stabs Simon Pegg in the hand, like as Santa? I don't remember that at all. No. <laughs> the great director Peter Jackson what? is the one who does oh that. Oh my yeah. god, that's crazy. And you see his face for like three frames, probably more, but it's crazy. <laughs> You gotta you just watch that part again. <laughs> I, I I absolutely will. That's so funny. Wow. So do you have anything more on Hot Fuzz? I don't. Because I really want to move on covered, to the world's end. We covered the classic fence bit, and we covered the Cornetto flavor that may or may not be vanilla or mint, apparently. Or, or, oh, no, no, so, or blue. blue. Or artificial blue. <laughs> I'm still in the camp. I haven't looked it up at all, so take that with a grain of salt. But I'm still in the camp that I think that the wrapper is blue, but it's vanilla flavor. <laughs> <laughs> it's the natural flavor that everyone knows that grows on every tree. Blue. Blue. Hey, hey, I've <laughs> but... just been reading the first chapter of Percy Jackson, and blue food is real and comes in nature, okay? <laughs> You try telling that to Sally Jackson, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, can't wait for that show. Side topic, Uh, the trailer's great. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, we we will talk about it later. But first, we got to talk about the mint flavor. I'm pretty sure it is because it's the sci-fi Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that one is mint. I wrote chocolate, but I think I'm wrong. And I think it's mint because that one is green. And I don't know why you would ever color a chocolate wrapper green. But I don't know. It's a and different country. Who knows? Honestly, <laughs> this movie is probably my favorite, though I love Hot Fuzz so much, and that is because of the action. The choreography and cinematography in this movie is next level. Yeah. I love it so much, and that's why it's so rewatchable for me, even though it still does have that Rube Goldberg level of callback jokes mm-hmm. and repetition. Yeah, for me, I love this movie, I do, but it is the least rewatchable one for me personally, um, Mm. out of the three. But it is still, like, a really good time. I don't know why I feel that way. I think, honestly, honestly, I just get so sad watching this movie. I'm like, Simon Pegg's character is so sad, and their history is so sad, and, like, they, it, it does a similar thing to um, Shaun of the Dead, where in the beginning it tells you exactly what's going to happen with their the Golden Mile. Um, they're trying to go to all the pubs in this town, and they call it the Golden Mile. Mm. And it's like, what, 12 pubs or something? Something like something that, like yeah. That. And, and they got to drink a pint at every yeah, pub. Yeah, they have to drink a pint at every pub. And um, they do a similar thing in the beginning where he's like recapping what they when they tried to do it in their childhood and exactly what happened then is what <laughs> happens in this movie, yep. but in a different way 
because you know, <laughs> yeah, if like you watch she- the movie. Just go back to the beginning and watch that intro because yeah, it's incredible. It is. And it's very similar to Shaun of the Dead, except that was zombies and this is not robots, <laughs> comma, aliens. Blue bloods. Not blanks or slash empties <laughs> slash something. <laughs> they never really came up with the no, name. No, they didn't. But I love this movie for the simple fact that every bar, the name of it is just... Sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle clue as to what's going to happen. Oh, is it? Just in that bar. I didn't notice yeah. that. What are they? I can't think of all of them, but off the top of my head, the uh, two-headed mermaid is where they fight the two The robots. twins? Oh my god. Yeah. That's so clever. I didn't and know that. And the beehive is when they have that brawl yeah. with all of the worker bees. The worker bees. What? Isn't there one called, like, cock or something? Yeah, the famous cock, the that's famous the one cock. that um, Simon Pegg gets kicked out for because he's the famous cock. Oh, stop. <laughs> that's so smart. The one where he drinks the dregs of other people's pints that they left outside. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> I also have the note that Simon Pegg is the worst version of Sean imaginable. Yeah, this guy, I know this guy's name. I just don't know the middle one's name, but this is Gary King. How could you forget his name? He's the oh, king. he's the king. He's the king. Yeah. Oh my god, I I'm sorry, Gary. <laughs> I forgot your name. And um, and I know all of all of Nick Frost's character's name for some reason. I don't know why they just stick in my head. This one is Andy. So they're Gary Andy. and Andy in this one. And Martin Freeman and is their relationship. Oliver. <laughs> this is the first time he gets a it, name. It, no, he got a name in Shaun of the Dead, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's relationship, I feel like, is the most complex in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's a secret that we have to figure out. It's a secret, and it's it also, like, they're two very troubled people. Like, they both haven't let go of the things that happened when they were kids, but in very different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And Andy is very angry about everything that happened, and he is a recovering alcoholic, and... Um, he is very upset. Basically, the thing that happened between them was that Gary was and is someone who doesn't care about pretty much anything but himself, kind (laughs) of. Um, Yeah. And he got Andy into a horrible, horrible car accident. And then he just fucked off and left while Andy got arrested and taken to the hospital to have 12 surgeries and like life like life saving surgery. surgeries and they haven't spoken since and that's just like I was like whoa that's a hell yeah. of a backstory um and it the movie another opens, thing that oh. uh, I was going to say another thing that separates this movie from the other two for me is how sadly real it gets at parts and it really it waits to get to those parts and then it it throws it in your face and Mm -hmm. you realize how much it had been leading up to that yeah just subtly foreshadowing it i mean alcoholism is one yeah because the movie opens like it's simon pegg's character gary telling this you know whole story about them trying to do the golden mile when they were kids and then it comes out of the flashback and Simon, uh, not Simon, Gary is there. Um, he is in a rehab um, and mm-hmm. he is telling this It looks story. like an AA meeting. No, it's rehab because he, was, cause he was wearing the hospital bracelet and he was in right. like the dorm room changing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's rehab, I'm pretty sure. And that makes a lot more sense. And he's very clearly not ready to um, to move on. He's not ready to get help no. because he's so much romanticizing his past uh, that's centered around alcohol. And he is he, as is discussed a lot in this film, he has a very selective memory. <laughs> Um, and he doesn't remember all of the bad things that happened Mm. it's also impossible to win an argument with him even if you're an eternal godlike being (laughs) right (laughs) but we're getting ahead Um, of ourselves i my first note is that it's it's just so much fun to watch these two people play such 
different characters in like because it's like all of these movies are centered around their relationship Shaun of the dead Shaun and ed you know um hot fuzz policeman and danny i don't remember his name um and then the world's end it's gary and andy like it's all surrounded around their relationship other things are happening too and other characters are having arcs Mm -hmm. and they're important too but it is really about their different relationships and even the other characters arcs relate to what's going on Mm -hmm. with simon pegging nick frost and the way that this movie is very subtly about al- alcoholism, and it reminds you every once in a while. I don't think it's subtly that... about alcoholism at all. I think it's very clearly about it. I mean, it's very clear, especially in the beginning, where he's talking about how he wants to drink so much, and then it's revealed that, like you said, he's in rehab. Yeah, and Andy is a recovering alcoholic. The movie kind of subtly drops it, I think, for the purpose of, by the end of the movie... It so loudly screams in your face that this guy is not okay Mm -hmm. because of alcohol. Yeah, and he's like... And they even have the exact line, how do you know if you're drunk if you're never sober? I just think that... um, I mean, it's not one of those PSA movies. It's it's not being like, alcoholism is bad, and if you drink alcohol, then you are a bad person. And if you relapse... (laughs) And if you try to get help for alcoholism and you relapse, then you need to go get more help, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's not one of those, it's not, I'm sorry, it's not a badly written movie. No. (laughs) It (laughs) understands what it's trying to say and it weaves its themes into its plot in a way Mm -hmm. that is entertaining, insightful, and fun to watch. I mean, that's that's the same thing as entertaining. Let me think of another thing. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, just the way that this movie expresses how flawed humans are and how sometimes we like to cut loose, mm-hmm. but it can't be every day, 24-7. We just also have to have fun and sometimes raise some crops because the world has been destroyed. Yeah. That, that's the takeaway from the ending. Yeah. Um, but do you want to talk about the robots? Because I do. Yes, let's talk about the robots. Their whole idea of going from planet to planet and trying to help them is very colonial. Oh, yeah. Colonizer, and colonizer, I... <laughs> colonizer! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, get him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's very clear, yeah. And they're just like, mm-hmm. we're going to, um, their, their thing about, oh, we want to make you better. We want to make you more civilized and <laughs> more like us. And it's like, okay, colonizers, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to make you the best version of you. It's like, well, I've heard that somewhere else too. I don't yeah, like I that. Yeah, I don't like it. It does <laughs> not sound good to me. Um, <laughs> I'd rather be a fuck up human. And it's not. And that's perfectly fine. But it's like. It's, I mean, it's very much like you do what we say or you die, which is <laughs> not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, they get mulched and recycled and put back yeah. into the earth. Shut up. <laughs> You're killing them. You never want to ask what happens to the empties. Mm. I, it's fairly obvious. I don't, like, I think that's just like a joke that doesn't go many places because I'm like, What do you think is happening to them? They can't have two versions of the same person walking around. They're obviously going to kill him. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there's there's also another great foreshadowing line where they're talking about the three stooges or the three musketeers. And they say that they have five musketeers. And they're like, no, we could drop two. Yeah, and it's like two are disposable and then we still have the three. (laughs) Which is, which is, it's echoed, uh, it's echoed later in the movie and it's foreshadowed again in the, the flashback montage. It's all, it's all coming together. We all know that by the end, I mean, we know that, that, um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are going to survive, but the other guy also survived, whatever his name was. (laughs) Jamie? Jim? I have no, no idea. Whenever whenever He's... I'm looking for someone's name, have you noticed I always say Jim? I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think any of these characters are Jim's named Jim. Jim's just a common name. Jim is... I, I don't know. <laughs> is it? I... But he was... 
I, he was one of the Andes, the guy you're talking about from Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great. Honestly, their entire crew was great. Yeah. I loved all of them. And that was... I'm not mistaken, right? That was Rosamund Pike, right? As the girl? Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. Because I... <laughs> I obviously knew she was in this movie, but between the last time I watched this... No, wait, was it the last? I don't remember. But I feel like between the last time I watched this movie and this time, I've seen Gone Girl in between. So I was like, oh my god. You have a different view of her. But I don't even think that's true because I saw Gone Girl like three years ago when I was up <laughs> visiting you. So I don't know. <laughs> hmm. But I genuinely love the world's end and i think it's purely because of the action there's great storytelling with layered narratives yeah but i do get what a lot of people say when they don't necessarily like it and it reminds me of um what is it something versus the world scott pilgrim scott versus pilgrim. the world i adore that film yeah which is mm -hmm. another edgar wright movie mm -hmm. but a lot of people say they don't like it which i understand i don't because the main character is deeply unlikable that's okay there are tons of unlikable main characters i love an unlikable main character if anyone has watched <laughs> it's always sunny in philadelphia or shameless <laughs> both of which had super big audiences people like uh unlikable main characters okay hey yeah. hey 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 I finally did it. You'll be proud of me. I watched The Bear. Anyone watching The Bear understands yes. an unlikable main character. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cousin. <laughs> Before we go on to our consumption corner, I do have some honorable Cornetto movies. Do it. Okay, so only two of which that I could find. If there's any more audience, please let us know. But Paul, if you've seen that. I haven't seen that. And... Okay, so it stars Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright wrote it. Mm. And it's it's about those two going to Comic-Con, and they meet a little green man alien who's voiced by Seth Rogen. <laughs> okay, that <laughs> sounds fun. It's obviously not as good as, you know, the Cornetto trilogy, but it's still a lot of fun to watch. Sure. And the second Cornetto uh, honorable mention is The Adventures of Tintin, oh. which is only barely one, but have you seen that? Not recently. I don't think I remember it, but I did see it. But yeah, there's a pair of bumbling cops played by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and this is crazy because I knew it was written by Edgar Wright and, you know, produced by Steven Spielberg and all that, but do you know who co-wrote it with Edgar Wright? I mean, other than another third person, say, a big don't name. Don't say Simon Pegg. No. Oh, okay. No, Stephen Moffat. What? Oh, wait, no, I did know <laughs> yeah. that. Wait, no, I did know that. No, I knew that. You did? I knew that because... I had no yeah, idea. no, because I watched this um, H-Bomber guy video whenever I tried... Whenever I can't fall asleep. <laughs> I watch his... his <laughs> not that it puts me to sleep. I've just seen it so many times. It's comforting. I love that video. It's the H-Bomber guy video. Mm. Sherlock is garbage and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I've seen it so many times, and he talks about a bunch of the things that Stephen Moffat has done, and that was in there. I could have a whole podcast about the Tintin movie, because it, it does so many things right and so many things wrong. <laughs> My voice cracked there. But, but you didn't it, have to it, point it out, I was going to let you get away with it. <laughs> I could have also just edited it out. You could have, but, no, but now you I'm can't. Keeping it in. Yeah. Before we truly move on to the consumption corner, I have two shows that I forgot to mention in our animation extravaganza. Okay. And I could just quickly mention them, and that's Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts and She-Ra. A couple of incredibly mature kid shows, and they deserve some notice. Oh yeah, She-Ra slaps. So go check those mm -hmm. out. All right. But let's move on to the consumption corner, where we're just starved for content. Nom, 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 nom. Sasha, what have you been consuming lately? Uh, what have I been consuming? Um, I've mostly said it already, but I finally watched The Bear. <laughs> it was incredible. Oh my god, I can't believe, I can't believe I didn't watch it sooner. I know I was trying, but I was really busy. <laughs> but it is so, so good, good, and I'm obsessed with it, and I'm obsessed with Cousin, and Carmi, and everybody, and I love it. Um, it's so good. What um I have also 
finally started my Percy Jackson reread. You know, all these things that I kept saying that I was going to do. I'm finally (laughs) doing them, guys. I am a woman of my word. Um, Also been watching Ahsoka because, of course, I have. Uh, Yes. You talk for a second while I try to think of something else. (laughs) So I have been reading... A few comics. Uh, I'd finished The Death of Doctor Strange, which is a pretty recent comic. I don't want to get into the specifics too much, but I've read a billion Death of comics, and this one was a standout. Really? I would definitely recommend it. How does he die, and what exactly happens in it? (laughs) So, I will just get into it. It's a murder mystery of who killed Doctor Strange, and he is murdered at the end of the first issue, and it's revealed that... Somewhere in like the 70s or like because it looks like the 70s version of Doctor Strange, but he pulled a week out of that timeline so that the 70s version of Doctor Strange could solve his murder. (gasps) That's so fun. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the art the like he looks like he's straight from the comic from the 70s. It's perfect. It's amazing. I love that. That feels really Spider-Verse of it. (laughs) Yes. But uh, on that note, I was talking to one of my coworkers about that comic, and she recommended Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise. And I'm only two issues into this comic, but let me tell you, Sasha, I am probably going to buy this like in hardcover really? or just in paperback. That's a Because it is the most beautifully surreal comic I've read. It reminds me of, there's a couple comics, I don't know why I think of Batman, but Arkham Asylum and uh, recently Paul Dano released a Riddler Year One, where it's the kind of artwork where you have to look at it for 10 or 20 seconds and just think, what the hell am I looking at? Wow. That sounds I, so I, cool. I'd have to show you pictures of it. it. It's surreal. It's great. I can't wait to finish this comic. But, Sasha, what else have you been consuming? Um, well, there was this one thing. It kind of, it's kind of related in my mind to the Cornetto trilogy. Um, I sold this book today. I didn't, because uh, I work, because we both work in bookstores because we're nerds. Um, <laughs> but um, I sold this book today um, and I was reading the back of it because I haven't read it. But I've heard of it. I heard of it a while ago and I don't remember where. But it kind of reminded me of the Cornetto trilogy of what we were talking about earlier. It's called Meet Me in Another Life. And it's this sci-fi book about these two people who keep meeting in different lives and different circumstances. And I I don't think it was turned into a movie or anything, but it sounded very familiar and I don't know where I heard it from. That sounds excellent. It sounds so good and i was like that's kind of what the cornetto trilogy is they're like the same people meeting in different (laughs) lives and telling different stories and i'm like that's so cool and i really want to read it but i sold the last copy so i have to wait till the next one comes in but yeah i've definitely been watching other things but i can't remember what they are so oh oh i've been watching all the new episodes of only murders in the building it's so good oh i need to catch up on that i, love that I show. need to it's so fun it's so fun <laughs> it's so much fun. yeah um i think that's gonna draw our, our corner to a, a close but i do oh, i i have oh never mind go ahead two more things to talk about one is a promise but the other is something that's been sucking up every little bit of free time that i have recently and it's not a new game, but I purchased Zelda Breath of the Wild. And oh. it is the type of anxiety-inducing open worlds that as soon as I look at the map, I'm like, oh my god, I have so much to do. And it <laughs> takes me 20 minutes just to get over there. That's, but then it, it's addicting nonetheless. That's how I felt when I started um, Skyrim. <laughs> that's how i felt playing skyrim <laughs> you just look at everything you need to do and it's like oh, yeah it was like much. it's too big i it doesn't tell me what to do next so i don't know what i what i should do i'm frozen in fear <laughs> yeah usually i hate open world games for that exact reason it's very few like i can't wait for the new spider-man coming out but that is an open world that i feel like you can explore very quickly wait. whereas breath of the wild like i said it takes me a lot of time just to get from a to be and i i really don't like that but again the game is very addicting and i love yeah. it wait the spider-man one is that the one that hasn't come out yet or one that already came out so there's a spider-man 
PS4 that came out like in 2018, and the sequel is coming out next month. And I am so oh, excited. Oh wait, because I one of my coworkers is like obsessed with the new Spider-Man game, and I thought that it already came out because he's been playing it and showing me pictures and stuff. If he has, I'm so jealous. <laughs> it comes like, out October 20th, oh, and I'm counting it? down okay. the seconds. Well, then it might be a different game. Maybe he's just late to the party. I don't know. No, he he's he's very into those games. I don't know what. It, anyway, whatever. I don't know which mm. one it is. Um, but the last consumption corner. Th thing that I have to talk we gotta about stop saying, is a promise. We gotta stop saying consumption <laughs> corner so much. It's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can eat right after this because I have a promise to binge all of season four of Harley Quinn. It's all out. Okay. I need to watch okay. it. Okay. Do it. I don't know if we'll review it, but I will watch it. Do it. it watch all. it. I, I'm gonna watch it eventually. I dropped off in season, in like the middle of season three. I don't know why. I just... I just didn't keep up with it. So I'll watch it too at some point. I don't know if we'll end up reviewing it anytime soon. But it, it I did love the first two seasons of that show. But with that, this has been a podcast with a great big bushy beard. <laughs>